Welcome to the Invincible Innovation Show, the podcast for changemakers. Each week, I talk to the most fascinating entrepreneurs and innovation leaders about innovation, strategy, and design. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Invincible Innovation Live, a show about the future of people with tech. I'm Adima Zorkario, innovation and value creation expert, and I'll be your host. And I'm very, very happy to have with me Professor Sabrina Shork, Professor for Innovation Management and Digital Economy from Munich. Hi, Sabrina. Hi, Adi. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm very happy to see you here. And, and I remember when we met when I came to Munich, it was a very cold day. And, and then one of our uh, joint friends uh, matched us. And I was so happy to see you. And you're so, such an imp- inspiration, so successful young lady. So I'm so happy to have you here. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> sure. So could you tell us about yourself and how did you become a professor for digital economy and innovation? Yeah, uh, sure. Um, so I think, first of all, it's important to understand um, the constitution of my personality in a way and also the context where I was grown up and the people who influenced me. And they, in a way, affected the personal journey that I went through. And um, yeah, I reflected this morning, to be honest, <laughs> what, yeah, I, what people, yeah, what people told about mm-hmm. me, other people, yeah. because sometimes you have a self-reflection um, modus and you don't exactly know who you are and stuff like this, but yeah. then you get feedback from your outward world and they, they tell you what they see in you and that helps you, right? Right. So, I remember when I was 16 and I visited first the meditation class of my kindergarten teacher and when she said hello to me, she didn't see me for 13 years, right? And she said to me, wow, Sabrina, it's so nice to see you again. When you were a child, you were so happy and positive. I always remember this. And this was something that, uh, yeah, was really enlightening me. Like, wow, really? I didn't know that, that I was yeah, such a happy child. I didn't know child. that about me. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, so uh, this had an effect on, on me. And I really enjoyed also the time and the, the trust I had uh, to this woman. And, yeah, then... Um, I read a lot about IQ when I did my PhD, about empathy, about emotional intelligence and all this. And then I thought about um, what has this all to do with myself? And then I realized that I had a test in school about IQ and I never, uh, EQ, and I never uh, realized what it is all about. And they gave me a number when I was in primary school and it was quite, uh, it, it was a very good number. And Whoa. I didn't believe in it. When I really? was a child in school, I didn't believe in it. And so in I Germany, you, you are getting tested for IQ and EQ, both of them? It was only uh, uh, I, IQ and EQ um, I did later. So mm-hmm. the, um, the emotional intelligence is something that I did quite late uh, mm-hmm. because this is something that came up, um, yeah, I think in the 80s or something or 90s. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It, it's a younger thing. It's not so. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a book yeah. of emotional intelligence. Yeah. yeah. So 
during my PhD, I thought about this also because my uh, at the KIT, also because my doctoral father um, was also talking about this. And um, then I realized that empathy is something that came through my family context because um, I had a very strong relationship with my sister. And uh, I think that uh, led to the fact that I'm very empathetic. I think it's also a personality thing, but it has also to do with the relationship with my sister, I guess. Yeah. And well, all this um, led me, I guess, uh, yeah, guided my way, I think. Um, although I didn't really realize it. So yeah. my parents also affected me. Um, my father entrepreneur and he's very performance driven and he pushed me. That was great. I really, um, I'm very grateful for that. And my mother, she always um, believed in me and told me that I should follow my strong will because she saw in me that I know what I want and um, that I shouldn't be irritated irritate myself through things that people tell me and who want to maybe yeah. Yeah, irritate me or tell me that I'm wrong or something like this. Yeah, yeah. It's so important that somebody believes in you. And sometimes yeah. you don't believe in yourself and someone outside gives you this wind in your wings in order to, to go further. Yeah, true. And um, yeah, this all brought me in, in a way into the consulting context. And there I um, supported DAX companies with their digital transformation, with their innovation programs. I set up innovation programs for them. And um, I got my foundation in, in an academic, but also in a practical way. So I was visiting a university, did my diploma in economics because, yeah, I think also because of the entrepreneurial context I was um, born in. I was very interested in how I can grow businesses and yeah, what economy is all about and stuff like this. And then I um, realized during my digital transformation engagement in the DAX companies that innovation is the topic that I'm really passionate about. And I saw also the problem that um, the context where people engage, like really talented uh, people with high potential, can stop them, can make them ineffective. And um, yeah. also sometimes companies follow only the question, what kind of technology do we need? But yeah. don't really think about um, the people, how they think, how they act and what yeah. they need that they can really perform. And yeah. um, that brought me in the end to my PhD topic, innovation leadership. And yeah. um, I asked myself how you can be effective in that context. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, my uh, KIT prof, uh, um, Orestes Tetsidis, told me about Think. And Think is a school in Amsterdam. And they uh, teach you about creative leadership. And so I um, yeah, took this program and there I met also Romas who connected us. Yeah. Um, thanks, Romas. That's a good yeah, time to Yeah, thank you, Romas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I learned a lot about innovation methodologies, um, how to adopt them, how to work together with uh, people from all over the world. Um, and I realized also a fact in myself that I saw also during school time but also in university, I never cared about who I'm talking to. I never cared about the religion, the class they are in, or the um, the culture that they are yeah. in. It's more about how is this person? 
um, is it a good person? Um, is the is it from my perspective? Sure, I'm subjective, right? Yeah, but of is course. it is, everyone? Yeah. So we found a foundation, a great foundation to talk, right? So it was on a personal basis, but also on an intellectual basis. So both is important to match in a way. And yeah, um, yeah this is something that, uh, yeah, mentored me. Like people like you or like Romas or um, where I found this connection, they are also mentors for me because all the discussions we have, also the discussion we have now, um, guide my way. So sure. um, they guide my thinking and they guide uh, the next steps I take. And um, yeah, so after six years in consulting, I then decided to switch into an innovation leadership role because there I found my passion during my PhD and also during the creative leadership program, I um, realized that this is my thing. And um, yeah, then um, friends of mine, also my sister um, proposed me to do a coaching uh, certificate, like acting as a coach for others yeah. and this also gave me a new perspective on uh, increasing your awareness your consciousness in a way about yeah. how you interact with the people around you yeah and I, I think that what you're saying is emphasizing the soft skills that is needed for innovation because most people when they think about innovation the first thing that comes into their mind is what are the most advanced technologies that you need yep. to know in order to innovate or yep. uh, your technical skills and yep. and your emphasis on on being empathic and really understanding people is is really important for innovation and yeah. i know that uh, effective innovation leadership is something that you really studied and you're teaching mm -hmm. so i wanted to know more so i'm going to share yeah one of your slides, and then mm -hmm. you're going to tell me what does that mean to be an effective leader? Yeah. So um, to understand this model, I think I first need to clarify what an effective innovation leader um, is. So it's a person uh, who is responsible for um, creating and also implementing innovations together with colleagues and partners. That is very important. No one is alone here on this planet yeah. and does it with, together with um, the context where he or she is in. And um, when the person is able to um, successfully implement this, those innovations, those can be process, product, service, business model innovations in the market, and uh, the person is able to create a value that is higher than the effort he or she invested, then you can talk about effectiveness. For yeah. me, at the moment, uh, it's not enough because we are currently in very, um, yeah, dedicated time, I would call it. So yeah, sure. uh, we have many yeah, different powers affecting our life at the moment, such as political right. change, social change, economic change as well. Yeah. I just and want to say if somebody sees that like in a year, yeah. we're in the middle of the COVID crisis. So this is what the time that we're talking together. Uh, yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, today it's even more important to also think about how we can minimize social injustice or also ecological exploitation, which also can lead to pandemics, right? Um, sure. With our actions, with our innovations that we create. And the model that you see here is the outcome of the PhD where there were involved 200 people. And it's an ideal uh, profile of an effective innovation leader. 
So this means what kind of values, so the navigator in the end that guides your decisions, um, do you have? And mm -hmm. there you see seven values in the center of the model that guide your um, actions in a way, because when you have a navigator, um, yeah, um, and you um, behave after, um, or if you stick to your values, scientists found out that you are more happy in your life. Yeah. This is the first yeah. thing that you need to understand. Like this is a, a compass in your life that you yeah. know that it doesn't matter what is the way, but this is what you want to achieve as a person and, and something that you believe in. And it gives you uh, a meaning to what you're doing. Exactly. You feel comfortable if you follow your values. If you don't stick to your values, you might feel a little bit uncomfortable. And right. um, yeah, I think if you or also the data um, and also other scientists showed that this has a um, high effect on your well-being if you follow your um, values. The second wheel that you see there are strengths. And strengths, that means that you perform with a low energy invest um, better than your peers. So you are based on your talents you have, on the mentors you had, on the training you got, you're highly um, proficient in this discipline or in this mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. kind of action. Yeah, it, it could be like your talents, as you say, or something that I have uh, lots of experience with or something that uh, somebody taught me and I really understood well and know how to implement. It's like, what are the tools that I have in order to act in my life as an innovation leader? Yeah, it's the competency, the um, your personal character strengths in a way. And mm -hmm. third wheel, I think there we need to differ a little bit um, from what you've just said, what we're saying, are the practices. And the practices are the things you do in your daily practice so that you get your jobs done. So mm -hmm. it's more like um, what you are doing um, physically, how you master your life, your daily life. And the yeah. strengths are more if you apply your strength in your daily practices, you are more effective because your strengths are your um, power in a way. Because yeah. if you apply your strength, it's very easy to do to get the job done. Right, right. So it's, let's let's give an example of a strength. Mm -hmm. For example, adaptability or, or creativity or learning. So yeah. give us an example of one of them and how could that influence as being more effective as an innovation leader? Yeah. So for example, um, if you are able to um, listen very carefully and to associate different um, informations together into something new. This means creativity in an original way. Right. Then um, it's for you um, more likely that you create um, maybe a disruptive or a radical innovation, right? Yeah, right. Um, because you see something that others maybe don't see. You yeah. talk to people, to diverse people, and that is quite important from um, diverse uh, disciplines, cultures, etc. And um, you find a sweet spot where you can dig into and you try to serve this need that you found out in a, um, in a way that the society or the people that are affected by this um, yeah, value 
And this yeah. you need to understand, right? You need to understand what the people value, what they need in a way, but maybe yeah. they don't know that they need it. Yeah, of course. And it's like we, you cannot do innovation for like for yourself or from technology. You need to create it for people and to understand people and what they need and to build something for them or something that they will want and need. Exactly. Sure. So both is important, I guess. I wouldn't say that digital technologies um, wouldn't be in your focus. You need to understand what's out there. How do the technologies work? Um, what kind of effects do they have on our society and also on energy, maybe, right? Energy investment that we have. Also yeah. on how we behave maybe differently if we apply those technologies. Um, is it only always about efficiency and effectivity or do we also need to think about the how? What effect has this on our um, yeah, from an ethical perspective on our society. So if you um, are an innovator, an innovation leader, you need to understand on the one hand um, the innovation management ecosystem, but on the other hand also the digital ecosystem. So what I was just telling, right? Digital trends, mm -hmm. digital ethics, um, digital marketing, digital process, process mining, for example. This is something that I'm teaching in my role as a digital economy um, professor. And on the mm -hmm. other hand, you need to understand how in the innovation process, you can find out what kind of um, yeah, signals you can, um, you sh need to listen to, um, we heard a lot about this already, that there are different sources of innovation, right? right and right. how you can um, serve the people in the current society. Right. And this, this is, is quite a, complex. <laughs> it's complex, but it's needed yeah. even more right now as the world is changing and the needs are changing. Sure. So we really sure. need more people doing effective uh, innovation leadership. And yeah. I see from the practices, actually, one of the things you wrote is like co-creation, which is something that I talked to in my previous uh, show. And, mm -hmm. and what we started with is that you cannot do innovation alone. So it's, it's a team, team uh, game here. And uh, the connection between people, one of the things that you mentioned is communication and co-creation is something which is, you cannot do any innovation without that. Although many people remember the single person who started, you know, like Steve Jobs equals Apple or something. Uh, although he had lots of help on his way, I guess. Um, people sometimes forget that. Yeah, true. Yeah. Also when they, um, I, I just saw a video about Elon Musk also, um, where they showed all the project that he's currently running, or as you just um, said, Chief Steve Jobs, um, who did in the past uh, great products, design-driven products in a way. Um, they always push the person but never the context where the person was in, right? Or the people who supported them or who made them to what they are or what yeah. they were. And I think this is quite interesting from a um, scientific perspective also, uh, why human society 
is like only focusing on one person and always pushing them in the center and forgetting about yeah. the whole do you know what i mean like we are yeah yeah like the the net of connections that uh, made him uh, steve jobs and who he is it's not only him I, I believe that it's it's connected to two things. One is the marketing thing. So uh, Apple wanted to push forward the uh, Steve Jobs or Facebook wanted to put forward the uh, Mark Zuckerberg. So it's like that's the face of the company. That's one thing. And from the people's perspective, it's much easier to relate to Mark Zuckerberg than to Facebook if you want to relate to Facebook. It's much easier for us because we are built to be connected to people and, and, and not to technology or to a solution or to a product or to a service. And I think it's, it's a game of, of marketing, actually, as I see it. Could be, yeah. Still, I think mm -hmm. if you always search for someone who is responsible, like um, we see it now, uh, political games running and also in Germany, Wirecard, uh, it's a big discussion at the moment. So now they search for one person who should be the guilty person of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now we see um, the journalists talk about it and now you see it's a network. It's a network of things going on there. And um, the network is not perfect at the moment. We see a lot of problems in our current system politically, yeah. economically, and socially. We need to do things differently so that things like this cannot happen and um, are not able to happen. And therefore, I think innovation leaders are responsible also. All, I don't think of single people. I think every one of us can if he wants and if he has the constitution and also the context um, can become an innovation leader and become effective if he yeah. or she focuses on the values um, that I was just showing in an ideal world you would have all of this but we all know we are not living yeah, in an ideal world ideal. <laughs> <laughs> so this is quite it's not um, the real scenario but if you have two or three values of those trust is very important openness is very important for example if you stick to them you can make sure that you can look into the mirror every morning and evening and you can, if you are able to apply your strengths in your daily routine and therewith be more effective than others because you're yeah. just quicker, you apply it, um, your potentials in a good manner. So um, this helps to become I don't see myself anymore. I don't know if there's a problem. Yeah, I see play. you. Okay, perfect. I see you. Um, <laughs> that you can become effective. <laughs> in the guys, sorry, yeah. this is technology. And this makes it human again. Yeah. Because if yeah. I discuss with my students in the virtual uh, discussions um, or the uh, virtual teaching that we had now due to Corona, um, mm. those things that happen digitally that don't work, bring you together as a human being again. Um, yeah, I, I think so that what, what you're saying about being effective and going with your values is something that we see. It's, it's very important in today's world, which is very focused on success, like making more money or, or business success. That's one. And the second thing that is, is, as I see it, like right now with the COVID crisis, 
there is this very big massive change all over the world and we need to relate to people and what they're doing within this context and not only to like what should businesses do or what should the uh, the leaders of the businesses do in order to survive in this economy or, or the change is so wide that there are so many important things that we should address as people and if we are aiming ourselves for our internal values and compass we can do much better than what we're doing usually so um it's like it's a it's a point that we can change direction actually in some cases so yes um i think those crises are um fruitful grounds for um innovations um and we saw mm -hmm. Exactly. Now in the um, last two or three months, I saw a statistic about what kind of startups grew um, worldwide mm -hmm. and they were more focusing on medical um, topics due to Corona, mm -hmm. I guess, and yeah. also to e-commerce because people were at home, they couldn't go into the shops. And so right. e-commerce was a high topic, right? Those both, sure. both teams, um, themes were quite, um, yeah, pushed by startup entrepreneurs. Yeah, 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 I know. But I think it's only like right now we see that, but the change will be much bigger because uh, all the industries will be affected, not only, you know, like tourists, education, medical, yeah. um, entertainment, sports. It's like that's what's right now. But all the other industries will need to change because people change. They change their way they are relating to each other, This changed the way they are relating to going to, to a business or to getting service or to going into to a store. So they're changing and therefore companies will need to be much more innovative. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I believe that Corona also showed this connectedness because if in China is something going on, this has an effect on the whole globe. So you see that we are more connected than ever through to, um, because of the um, international economic system that grew, right? So mm -hmm. the whole industry is connected in a way. And sure. so we cannot think about what we are doing separately. And that is quite um, also why I think the European Union is so important, that people come together and discuss it and think about solution jointly and not separately. Um, I believe this is the only way we can go in future that we sure. solve the problems from a global perspective, um, but also focus on ourselves, on our competencies to serve those problems and to find solutions that make this complex system a little bit easier, right? Because yeah, um, we need to do it. And, and it's not only for sustainability and, and for things which are uh, more health issues right now. Uh, we need to do it because we are really connected and uh, we see it really clearly right now. It's not only the value chain or, or the connection of transportation or the business value of, of things. It's like we as, as, as human beings, we, are, we need that. And I hope it will be one of the positive effects of that, like this very important era. And could you give me like a few professional tips If, mm -hmm. if an innovation leader would, in these hard times, in this so many unknowns and changing times, what would you 
tell him to do or what are the tips that you have for him? Yeah. So the first thing that I realized also when I was talking to people who are active in economy and also the professors, right? We also had a great <laughs> job this semester, completely different situation to stay right. calm and to really focus on your inner strength. Because if you don't stay calm and find your own structure again, uh, you might feel lost. And this is yeah. something I, I saw with people, they adapt very quickly and they saw a possibility in this situation, a chance. I also saw a big chance to increase the digital um, competencies of our colleagues and also of our students in this time. Yeah. And it helps us for the next semester to do a blended uh, learning situation. So we can integrate the learnings that we did in the digital ecosystem together with the physical world, which is also very relevant because you need to build a relationship, a trustful one with the students and stay positive and believe and trust that um, we find a new scenario in which life becomes better. So if we believe that we can change it into a better world, then it will happen. But if we also, uh, if we always see only the negative aspects of a situation, uh, we cannot come up with new ideas, with new innovations that um, lead to a better, um, yeah, more valuable maybe world, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. therefore it's important to first have this positivity mindset this openness and secondly take the right decisions so and create solutions so become active and not only talk about it and think about it if you take decisions that really integrate also the social and um, ecological aspects that are highly relevant at the moment then take it into the world bring it out test it do it um find out um, what makes sense, talk to people. Um, so first connect to yourself, then create something and then bring it out to the world and adapt it. And right. if you don't stay open there, um, you won't find the solution that suits the society as it is at the moment. Sometimes entrepreneurs only are um, focused on themselves. They forget about um, opening up then they won't yeah. be successful, right? So it's right. always this closing to yourself, find your inner strength and opening up and uh, connect and act. And yeah. what I've seen, I think this might be also a tip for big organizations because I'm running an effective innovation leadership study at the moment with tech companies. And um, I cannot say that this is already um, stabilized or something in a way it's not a statistical result at the moment mm -hmm. but i see tendencies that especially focus and implementation is an issue at the moment and also positivity and trust so um at the moment i have the impression that we need in companies mental trainers for um for employees or sure. whatever like personal training you can also do you don't always need it in an external way um yeah. so that you stay positive although the world around you is completely changing yeah and yeah it's really important because when i see it like you have something which is not really unknown nobody knows what's what's going to be right yeah. so you could be one of you could be very anxious what's going to be and very close-minded and, and and it will be worse than it is right now 
And you can be open-minded and curious and saying, yeah, it, it, this is an opportunity to do something better. You know, it's exactly. like the glass, you see the empty or the full part of the glass. Exactly. And, and I think that it's, it's hard for people to stay positive when they don't know, like the unknown is, is so like heavy for them. And we need more people to, to be positive and to even spread the positiveness, I would say. And, and when you're closed in your room, you know, like in the same space, we don't have the ability to uh, transfer the energy of positiveness as, as, as well as when we meet each other. You know, when, when you're coming to the office or to the university and you had this very, like, not a good day, when you meet someone and, and let's say it's a, it's a good friend or a colleague that is positive, it's really easy for him to influence you and make you feel better. But when you're closed at, at home and everybody's in front of a screen, it's, it's really hard to say positive and to have like team, team capabilities to work together, to create together. And um, it's really interesting to, to see that like, how do we, what's the difference? Because I hear you, I see you, right? I understand what you're saying. What's the difference between if we sat next to each other, like we had in the coffee in Munich? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's interesting to understand that there is this, we're built for a certain connection and we need to have to think about how can we have solutions for that? As you say, like, People are uh, guiding you, coaching you, uh, giving you more powers to do things differently right now. It's it's not less, but it's it's just different. Yeah, I, I see it a little bit differently. So mm -hmm. on the one hand, I'm with you that um, being in a room, there is a different energy, right? So you you sense things that you might not sense in a digital manner. Still. I still feel connected to you, although we are in a digital room now. Um, yeah. I feel very close to you. Many people are listening to us. Um, this is something I cannot really, yeah, it's not very obvious to me because I don't see them. This is, I think, different. If we would be in a room now together with um, 100 people, this affects um, how I talk, what I say maybe because, yeah, we are jointly in a room and I know where people are coming from maybe, what their topics are and all this. On the other hand, um, if you are very empathetic and you feel, you sense what is in the room, this can also um, affect your focus. Right. So it could ta you take, take energy and not give. It could take energy. Exactly. You so yeah. it depends a little bit what kind of type you are if this is a positive or negative thing. So um, if you have this inner strength and you are focused, then it's easier to go out and to discuss it with a big group and also to save your space, not letting the negative energy coming in, for example. Right, right. Sounds I a little bit spiritual. That. I don't think, uh, you know what I mean, right? So Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking... We're, we're talking all the time about people and their soft skills and their abilities yeah. as people and not only as business men or leaders or not only in their role within the company. We're talking about people and, and, and in general, innovation at its best is talking about humans. What are we building for humans? What humans need? Um, and so forth. So it's, it really makes sense that what you mentioned in, in your uh, 
effective innovation leadership uh, research is all of the things that we are assuming beings need to have in order to create a better innovation, better world actually. So I'm going to ask you like the last question. Mm-hmm. If you could improve only one thing in the world with innovation, what would you choose? Oh, I really Art. would like to change the mindset uh, into a new direction, to be honest. Um, we are still sticking to the innovation definition Schumpeter created 1932, I guess he started with it. So um, it's quite a long time ago that uh, and we are still following those principles, although the world around us changed. So my what, heart what was the what was the definition? So, what so I mean, the idea was behind it to um, disrupt, right? To create something new, to adapt that something old needs to die and all this. We know this from nature that this is uh, the tr- we see it every day. It's, yeah. We saw it also in Corona. It's daily life. Right. Still, um, I have the impression that we are so much focused on efficiency and effectivity and so much driven by numbers. Um, I still believe it's good to be driven by numbers. Don't get me wrong. And I also think that um, KPIs are relevant and all this. Mm-hmm. Still, we need to think also about what effect have the innovations we create, the technology we adopt to our society in future, what social effects, what social injustice may increase through those innovations, what yeah. kind of ecological effects has it. So those are the soft factors. And um, I see that the disciplines that um, deal with those aspects, they are so small and they are always on the side. They are not the center. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the, the, the question that you have in the tech world is what could we build? What could we create? It's like, it's so exciting. We could create this and that and not what should we? Like, what should we really build? What's the effect of what we're building right now? It's like, it's driven by itself. It's like this huge uh, ball of, of, of snow going and nobody really tries to, to aim it. Like, we should go more there. Or, or it's like, yeah, we have the capability of doing that and that. So let's use it. So yeah. I, I totally But agree why, with that. Why do you think um, scenario building is something that people do not want to do? Because I saw also a study about it, a strategic yeah. management study. And they yeah. showed that scenario building is something that is there since ages, right? It was something mm-hmm. created seventy uh, years ago. And yeah. uh, but it's not applied. The worst yeah. uh, best scenarios, like all those tipping points, what could what could happen? Um, the business world is not using. Science no. is using it. But why is yeah. business world not using it? I don't get it. Because it's not driven by aims to make humanity better. Like if you're asking an entrepreneur, most of them will not say, I'm building this because I want to make society better. I want to make the world better. I want to make a change in the world which makes like, I know, more sustainable. Most of them will not say, most entrepreneurship is, is not related to these topics. Mm. Most people will build a company because it's something that they are very interested in and it's very, um, there is a, a potential for profit and mm. that's why they're doing it, right? 
So this is what aims them as entrepreneur, not all the time, not the main thing, but business are built in order to be um, financially successful. And I agree that we need to make more emphasis on what we want to achieve from these technology. And sometimes you start with something like if you would have asked Mark Zuckerberg when he started with, with his like book of friends within the, the college, did he think that he will be one of the most influential person in the world? Did he know that this is the technology that he is building? The answer would be no. So when you're starting something, you know, it's, it's just the beginning. Nobody knows what happens in the end of the story. So, yeah, still, I, I think it's a little bit, I, I believe um, the GAFAs, yeah, you were just mentioning Google, Facebook, all those, they had all good intentions, I guess, when they sure. started. Students, sure. university, Stanford University, good ecosystem pushed and all this Still, if you um, read at the moment the um, discussion about uh, surveillance capitalism, for example, which is also pushed from the US, uh, um, emeritated professor from uh, Harvard University, um, they say that um, also the investment that was going on in those companies that grew and grew and grew, um, they forgot about the um, what the effects are of those communication tools on the society and yeah. also on the world, right? Sure. And um, I think that debate should be in a bigger context and not only small discussions on the side going on. I believe right. that what you were saying, I'm fully with you and I um, saw that also in the startup uh, ecosystem, it's about yeah. What I really love, um, where I have fun, um, where I find people that match to me and stuff like this, and then I just try it out, right? Yeah. And when you build the business model, um, I think the business model canvas is still the one that everyone uses. You may be not thinking about the planet. You may be not thinking about your values, what you what you value in life, and um, this is something that needs to change. And we have yeah. some uh, groups that already do it, like think, yeah, for example. Yeah, sustainable innovation is something yeah. really big. It's, it's growing, yeah. especially in Europe. It's really yeah. big. So you see yeah. more. Yeah. So, so we're almost done. Okay. Could you, could you tell me? Uh, it's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. I, I, yeah, I hope it was much. okay for you too. Yeah, so, it's a little bit weird for me first time, but I really enjoyed yeah, it. Thank you. You've done really well for a first time. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> So if somebody wants to know more, how could people contact you? How can they reach you? Yeah, so I have a website. Um, yeah. It's my name, sabrinashot.com. You find the publications there. You find um, what I'm doing with Effective Innovation Leadership. There is my email address, and I think it's easiest to connect me via email, and then we can Zoom, Skype, whatever, any digital tool to get in touch. And, um, yeah, I think uh, yeah. I would be really happy that there are more technical companies or also innovation leaders that are open to understand how they tick and how their companies and how they can improve um, the effectiveness of themselves and also from the organization so that we uh, they create the innovations they think they need to do. I'm not pushing anyone into this yeah. um, 
thinking about the how i mean if people want to stay with the how can we earn money and the what um it's their decision right but um sure. i give the tools to understand um how can i perform better and our um organization yeah so thank you very much it's been like lots of pleasure i really enjoyed our time together and i hope we'll have more time together uh, really soon yeah and- i hope so Yeah, and, and I thank for all of you just to, for watching, listening, Invincible Innovation, and have a great week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Yay. I'm Adima Zaukario, and you've been listening to the Invincible Innovation Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, invincibleinnovation.com. where you can learn more about our programs and my book, Innovating Through Chaos. I'll be waiting for you next week in our next episode. Thank you for listening.